Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Esther, the fourth chapter, um, we'll find tonight's reading there. Esther chapter 4, verse 10. It will be on the screen for you. Um, and it reads, Then Esther spoke to Hakai uh, and gave him a command for Mordecai. Uh, verse 11 said, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, Put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out the, out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. All right. Verse 12 says, so they told Mordecai Esther's words. Verse 13 says, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from the, another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come, who knows whether you have come you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. And he said, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for their days, excuse me, for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I want to key your attention in on one particular verse, and that's on the back on the screen, verse 14, and it says, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Here's the key phrase, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to talk to you from the subject tonight, for such a time as this for such a time as this look at somebody and tell them for such a time as this you have been called you have been called you have been called ladies and gentlemen um, as I was dealing with this message while my message is entitled for such a time as this I want to take a moment to really deal with this thing or this doctrine um, that we have in the Christian faith and talk a little bit to you tonight to set up everything about divine providence. Divine providence. You may be wondering to yourself, what is divine providence? Divine providence is the governance of God by which he, with wisdom and love, cares for and directs all things in the universe. The doctrine of the divine providence asserts that God is completely in control of all things, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why I must set this scene to you tonight to talk about divine providence, because 
in this particular book that we find ourselves in here in the book of Esther, ladies and gentlemen, in this book, uh, we have no um, trace of God's name or pronoun, pronoun to assert who he is in this book. Um, this book and also the Songs of Solomon is told that there is no trace of his name or divine title that is found in it. And so there's no trace of him even speaking to the children of Israel at this time. Matter of fact, the book of Esther, ladies and gentlemen, was written to those who remained in Persia after King Cyrus had completely told them that they could go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. He told them that they could go back and rebuild the walls, and that's where we find Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, giving the account of the remnant, the small remnant of people that returned back to Jerusalem. The small remnant that decided to take the journey to return and to rebuild their homes and rebuild their lands. But here we find the people, ladies and gentlemen, that stayed so that they can enjoy the pleasures of Persia. Because, matter of fact, it's harder to rebuild something than to just stay in. Some people rather stay in bondage rather than go back and rebuild what was rightfully theirs. And some, some people decide to stay in mess, stay bound, stay enslaved when you have a right to leave. That's what we find ourselves in. You may wonder why you, you talk about Jesus to them, but however, in the freedom that Jesus brings, but however, for some people, that's not enough because sin and worldly pleasures feel so much better in their point of view than what Jesus has to offer. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in God's divine providence, and so, in other words, I tell you this is because while they are out of the will of God, they are not beyond the care of God. <laughs> the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that many of times we have found ourselves to be out of the will of God, but yet not beyond his care. In other words, I'm glad, ladies and gentlemen, of the mercy of God. The mercy of God that allows you and I, that even though we may slip and, and sometimes fall, the mercy of God gives us a chance to get it together. And so... Some of you, uh, they find themselves again in this situation. But in God's divine providence, while you didn't hear from him in this book, while his name is not mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, his hands are all over the book. His hand is moving all throughout the book, and that's what God's divine providence is. His providence is so much so that while you can't feel him, or why you don't really, he, he, you may feel like in this year, this pandemic, I can't hear God, I can't do that, but his hand is yet moving. His hand was yet moving. Ladies and gentlemen, we had plans in the uh, Only Believe campaign, which we're still doing and trying to, you know, get this thing moving to uh, uh, Silver Spring, uh, try to lock down the building, all this stuff in this year. But yet God, divine providence has still allowed us to stay here in his divine providence. The reason why I'm taking my time with this because the reality is I want you to understand is that God is sovereignly moving on your behalf even while you feel like you can't trace it. Even while you can't feel like you can trace it. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, what God begins to do is that God begins to set some things up because God can always see ahead. Here in our text, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to, 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 to kind of 
understand a little bit more about what we're talking about here, let me give you this. Psalm 103, really quickly. Psalm 103, verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. That means he's sovereign over the, all, the whole universe. Right? Let me go here. Let me skip to something really quickly. Psalm 66, verse 7. Let me give you that really quick. The affairs of nations. He rules by the power forever. By his power forever, his eyes observe the nation. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. See lie. All right, let me give you a little bit more to help you understand something. Again, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, how he is involved in human destiny. This is what Paul says. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. That called me through his grace. Ladies and gentlemen, again, in this book, ladies and gentlemen, you find from Esther chapter 1 all the way up to where we are, is where uh, Queen Vastai, King Xerxes, uh, cuts her off. And so then they call for, new, uh, tw I believe it was 10 or 12 virgins. And out of one of those, we come find a woman by the name of Esther, ladies and gentlemen. Esther has had a hard life. Esther has not had it easy. Esther, ladies and gentlemen, her parents died. And so her, old, her older cousin, Mordecai, who becomes her stepdad, takes her in like his own. So he takes her in as his own, and, 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 and the Bible tells us on multiple occasions that she listened to Mordecai. Everything that he said, she obeyed. Even when it came to the fact when the king was calling for about, I believe it was either 10 or 12 virgins, that she listened to how she would go and approach. And because of her listening and because of her obedience, ladies and gentlemen, what happens is, is that she found favor with the king. And by finding favor with the king, ladies and gentlemen, she has now been placed in a position that she don't even know that was going to come in very importance for her own life and her own people. You've been trying to figure out, hey, I got laid off, but yet I'm getting these ideas for other things. I've been, I, I've been going through this stuff in this year, and could I suggest to you that maybe, just maybe, God is trying to position your thinking and position you to move you ahead because, because by moving you ahead, that might be setting up your generation that follow after you? Could it be, ladies and gentlemen, that the reality is, is that God, while you don't understand the moves that God has been making in your life, that the moves that he's been making you, making uh, and happening on your life is to position you in a place of influence and power. And so now she's in a place of influence and power. So let me fast forward up to you and so I can really get to where I want to go, go to. So in divine providence. God's sovereign hand that is literally controlling, controls the universe. Now, listen here. We are created with human will. But God in his providence takes all of that into account. And so what happens is, that's how you get Romans 8, 28, that all things work together. Because God will allow the evil and the corrupt of a little bit of people to still work his will. That his will will still be accomplished. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that you are so caught up in what's going on, you don't understand that certain things of what has been going on in your life is to really for his will to be accomplished in your life. Yeah. 
No matter the bad of your life, no matter the ugly of your life, no matter if you haven't been dealt the best cards in your life, all of that stuff works together in God's divine providence for his will to be accomplished in your life. All right? And so we have it here that uh, King uh, Ahasuerus, he, ladies and gentlemen, places this man Haman almost like a prime minister over Persia. This man, ladies and gentlemen, loves the glory of himself. This man loves the glory of himself. But there's a man named Mordecai. Mordecai, ladies and gentlemen, he goes up to the temple gate, and he don't bow down to nobody. The <laughs> reason why he doesn't bow down is because he says, I'm a Jew. <laughs> he said, I'm a Jew. I'm not bowing down to you. And so Hammond, in his anger, he, try, he convinces King Ahasuerus to say, hey, man, you got a group of people in the kingdom that goes by different rules than you. They go by different rules. They're not bowing down. So really what, King, what Hammond did was take out his frustration on one that didn't punish the whole. Because if I make an example out of one and the whole, then people would get in line. So that they could really worship me. Matter of fact. And so that's what he did. Mordecai got word of this. And so because he, because uh, Hammond convinced King Ahasuerus, he documented two edicts and sent it out there. That on a specific day, all Jews would be killed. All Jews would be killed, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something, and I'm going to be very plain with you. There, ladies and gentlemen, I believe is a decree in the land. There is a wicked decree in the land to inflict fear. Oh, my God, on a specific community of people. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not here to be political. I'm not here because I don't care. I'm only on one side. That's God's. The reality is this. There, ladies and gentlemen, is a decree out to inflict fear. Because a group of people are becoming strong. <laughs> a group of people, ladies and gentlemen, are becoming more influential in the earth. So something must be done. Mm -mm. Ladies and gentlemen, can I be honest with you? The reason why I believe also can I bring it to us as believers, the reason why I believe if you're not careful that there are certain agendas that are trying to choke the voice of the church and choke the voice of the true word of God. Why is that? Is because there is an agenda that is trying to be pushed and is trying to choke the voice. The true word of God. That's why certain places will be elevated. And that's why you have all of these legislations that come out. And with all of the buildings, why is it that while we, we care for the safety of people, and trust me, I do, that's why we didn't do this until Labor Day. Because the reality is we care about the health and safety. Listen, I care about myself. Amen. <laughs> I ain't trying to die before my time. And neither do I want you to as well. Amen. But I say this to say, but why is it that in the midst of this, it seemed like there was, a, there was things that tried to come up against the church to choke the word, to choke our voices. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, Jesus is still the answer for this world. 
It's not your positive thinking. It's not in your beads that you wear on your wrist for the universe and all of the energy to be sucked up and bring you positive vibes. It don't work like that. Positive vibes is a counterfeit of what faith is, ladies and gentlemen. The reality is positive thinking is a counterfeit teaching than faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, oh my God, positive thinking can lead to pessimism really quickly. If it's not rooted in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. He didn't say now your positive thinking is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. No, he said now faith. That's why he told the believers, he said, the, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. He didn't say that you live by faith because of your political party. He didn't say that you live by faith and trust in the, in, in, in the world's economy and man. No, he didn't say any of that. He said, now the just shall live by faith. And so you have a man by the name of Haman who's convinced the king of this decree. And Mordecai gets word of it. And Mordecai goes in the king's gate with sackcloth on. Tore his shirt. And the king's gate crying aloud. His stepdaughter, who's in the palace, Esther, gets word of this. She's embarrassed. She's like, what in the world has he got his tail out there in the king's gate doing, embarrassing me like this? My own family out there. She got one of her, she got one of her, she got one of her servants and say, you don't get his tail. Get him out over here. Give him, put some clothes on, daughter God. Put some clothes on, man. Please, you embarrassing me. Mordecai said, take that back. I'm not putting that on. Mordecai said, I'm not putting that on. She need to know what's going on. He told her that there was a decree that was sent out. And he told her servant to go run back and tell him that this decree has came out against your own people. Mordecai, then, then, then Esther sends her servant back and say, hey, tell him I can't just tell, I just can't go by their custom and their rules. I just can't go in there unless he extends his scepter to me. I haven't even seen him in over 30 days. So in terms, she had really had not seen the king slash her husband in about 30 days. He said, I can't just go in there like that. So here's what Mordecai tells her. Mordecai tells her in verse 13, ladies and gentlemen, he tells her these plain words. He tells her this. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, she listened to her stepdad. Mordecai to say she didn't tell who she really was. So at this point, the king does not know that she's a Jew. At this point, it's still on the, on the low that she's a Jew. And what Mordecai said, don't you get comfortable in your position to think that you're going to escape because you are, quote, unquote, the queen. You know what's happened? Mordecai is challenging her because here's what happened. There's a lot of people that God has positioned them in certain places. And once they got in those seats, they became quiet. They got into positions. God blessed them to get there. They're supposed to take up and take up on the mantle. But when they get to those positions, ah, I, don't, I can't really do nothing. I, 
I can't really do anything. I can't really, you know, I, I, and, and, and what he's saying, listen, listen, listen. Mordecai said, I, listen, that's all junk. He said, listen, the reality is don't you get comfortable to think that they won't kill you. Listen, I don't care what position you have. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that he's saying you have been put in their position. Don't you get comfortable in it. And this is what he says. And we're going to pray. And uh, We're going to pray right after this. Here, here, here's what he says in, in, in verse 14. For if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay. If you don't do it, God will remove you. TCF, ladies and gentlemen, I believe because of this whole pandemic and where we are, we have been positioned in a certain place to impact certain things. To do various things. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, what he is saying, this is not the time for us to get quiet, for us to get silent, for us to be passive. Church, hear me. This is not the time for you to be quiet, for you to be passive, for you to be silent about the things of God at this moment. It's not the time for that. It is not the time for us to be quiet right now. It is not the time for that. It is time to crawl out and spare not. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why the world is in the shape it is in, because again, as I told you a couple of weeks ago, where are the watchmen on the door crying aloud? A watchman don't complain about what they see. They pray about it. A watchman doesn't look at and see what things here, ladies and gentlemen, Mordecai became a watchman. Ah, come on, praise the old God. The reality is Mordecai became a watchman. He said he, he, he saw the danger of coming and he, he went to where he knew by faith that probably God put her there for a reason. <laughs> so what Mordecai does, he says, I'm going to come along and I'm going to encourage this. I'm going to encourage her. My job tonight is to be a Mordecai and you be your Esther and you're Esther. To come and encourage you tonight to not be silent at this time. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, God is looking for people that will blow that trumpet, ladies and gentlemen, and blast it out loud and let people know who the God we serve is, that his name is Jesus. I feel the prophetic moving in just one moment. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that we're at a moment in time. In our time that we are in, it is a crucial time. As I told you on Vision Sunday, I told you that this decade will be the decade of unbelievable and unpredictable possibilities. In the very beginning of this year, I told you that there will be things that will arise. That God will do things and position you in unbelievable and unpredictable ways. And believe it or not, while you complain, while those complain about counseling 2020, you don't see the good of it, how God has positioned you in it. And so you want to cancel something and don't really understand that while you're going through what you're going through, God has positioned you. 
uh, say to yourself, say, I have been positioned. Hallelujah. I have been positioned. I've been positioned for such a time as this, ladies and gentlemen, with what our world is in on right now, where there's brutality still among us, where there is so much divide among us, ladies and gentlemen, where there's lines being drawn, ladies and gentlemen, and there's so much uh, quote unquote truths that are out there, ladies and gentlemen, there has to come a time where for this time and this moment that the church really arises and be the church. Where we really echo the sound of heaven instead of echoing what each other is saying. <clears throat> Where we're really on one accord with heaven and not trying to outdo the next person or trying to look like the next ministry or trying to be this or trying to be that. Oh, we're a cool church. You could do this. You could do that. No, God, God doesn't care about that right now. The reality is, is that people are dying. Suicide is on a whole time high. Depression and anxiety is on a whole time high. Why is it on a whole time high? Because people do not have hope. And where they're looking is not it. It's not it, ladies and gentlemen. And he tells Esther, he says, yet knows whatever you have come to. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. <laughs> who knows that God has called you out for such a time as this. Hallelujah. For such a time that God has literally set you aside. Hallelujah. I don't care how old you are. As long as there's breath in your body, you have been set aside for a time such as this. <sighs> Hallelujah. And what happens is there is a death decree out. And he's saying, Who, listen, if you don't do it, I believe deliverance will come from somewhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you will not take up the mantle, I decree and declare somebody else in your bloodline will take it. How do I know this, ladies and gentlemen? Because there was a children of Israel that they despised the very thing that God had promised them. And God said, because you despise it, your children is going to enjoy what you despise. Whatever you despise by God, God would drop it in another person's hands. Why? Because God is not wasting his time. Hallelujah. God is not wasting his time. God will give you a moment of time. And God is saying, unless you, unless you comply, you're going you're gonna to see everything else pass you, and you're going to still be scrolling on social media and say, I wish I was that. I wish I had that. And God's saying, I'm giving you an opportunity for this time, for this moment. Now is the time. TCF, God is calling us now. It does not matter. The, let me tell you something. The playing field has been leveled. You're thinking that you need this, you need that, you need... No, 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 no. The playing field has been leveled. And he's saying, what are you going to do at this moment? What are you going to do? What Mordecai was trying to get her, was trying to, uh, to call her to be courageous in a moment where there's fear. Mordecai is telling her to be bold while others are in panic. 
<laughs> God is calling for some of you to step out there while other people are taking a step down. God is calling you to try new things at this moment while others are saying, hey, I don't know about that. Because I'm in a pandemic. Because you're waiting for favorable opportunity. God can do miracles in, in unfavorable circumstances. And what God is saying, and what he was Mordecai was challenging Esther, said, he said, no, who knows? In God's divine providence, Mordecai was like, wait a minute, who knows? Maybe God's put salvation in your hands for a people that are on the verge of persecution. <laughs> maybe it's maybe, maybe, just maybe, God in his divine order has set you up from the time of your birth to where you are now, this position you in a place where God is about to use your voice and bring you into favorable opportunity. Esther tells you this. He says this. She says, listen, all right. I want you to pray for me. Get the people. Pray for them. Let's, let's, well, matter of fact, he said fast for three days. Don't eat nothing. Don't do anything. I want you, I want you to fast. Go there. I, I, me and my servants are going to do the same thing, and we're going to fast to see the hand of God move. We're going to fast. We're going to fast. Because the reality is she said, if I die, I die. At that moment, she didn't care. She said, all right, whatever it is, it's going to happen. I'm going to go out swinging. If I die, I die. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you need to get to a place in God said, you know what, God, whatever it is, I'll do it. If some I wait, God is waiting for you. So for God, I live. And for God, I die. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to get to a place that I'm going all in with God. And it does not matter how much health problems I may have. I'm going to go all in until I got more oxygen left. I don't care how much is stacked up against me. I'm going to keep running on. Oh, my God, because I've been built for this for such a time as this. Esther lost her parents. Lost this. Lost that. But in a given moment, by faith, she, oh my God, fasted and go, oh my God, God, oh my God, in his divine order and providence, put it on the king's heart to extend the scepter for her to come in. Oh my God, can I prophesy to you? Can I prophesy? I decree and declare that God is going to put on, oh my God, on the heart of men to extend the scepter to bring you into favorable opportunity in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, let me hear your amen as a sound of thunder. He's in a place. God has been working on me with this. He says, for such a time as this. God is not looking for you to be sidelined. God is not looking for a sideline Christian. He's not looking for your commentary. He's looking for your actions. God is looking for somebody to take the step. Oh my God. He's not waiting for your wishful thinking. God is saying by faith, you gotta take the step. And oh my God, he told Joshua, only be strong, only be courageous. Do not allow the word of God to depart from your mouth. But you stay in it day and night. Oh my God. And the reality of the matter is this ladies and gentlemen that God is calling you 
to say go out there and I'll be with you if you take the step hallelujah somebody need to know tonight that God will be with you hallelujah he said Joshua however your footstep oh my goodness it's yours he told him I will be with you be not dismayed oh my god I gotta get out of here be not dismayed Lord at all because guess what God is with you hallelujah Hallelujah. I believe it was over 2,000 years ago when God said it in himself that he'll step in the time for a time such as that. Oh my God. And he told Mary through the angel Gabriel, he said, be fear not, you favor, you women who's a favor. Let me tell you something. You gotta fear not because you're carrying something. And when you're carrying it, you gotta bring it to bro. He's saying, oh my God, I come to be your motor car tonight and then pull my God, light a fire under us. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, God is saying, now is the moment. While the world is looking, it's the time for the church of God to arise. And I hear, thank you, Holy Spirit. I hear the words of Paul in the book of Romans when he said, creation waits eagerly. Oh my God, for the son and daughters to be revealed. The earth is in groaning and the time is now for the church to arise. What you gonna do? Are you gonna be quiet? Are you gonna cry loud? Are you gonna be silent on the sideline? Or are you gonna step into the game? If you're gonna step into the game, hallelujah. My God in here. <laughs> Woo! in here hallelujah 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 look at somebody say fear not fear not God is with you God is with you God is with you God is with you I'm gonna say it until it get in your spirit God is with you God is with you oh my god in dangers and unseen God is with you in your trip God is with you and your God is with you God has put a hedge over you God has put protection over you what are you afraid of why are you fearful for such a time as this hallelujah hallelujah for such a time as this ladies and gentlemen hallelujah I believe ladies and gentlemen that even in a pandemic I decree and declare that there is a Kairos moment in the spirit that is developing for the people of God that even in the midst of a pandemic God is aligning things hallelujah why you think the righteous haven't fallen off why you think the righteous is still succeeding in the midst of all this I tell you why because God will never forsake the righteous he takes care of his own and while these oh my god while they were out of the will of god while god didn't speak to nobody oh my god mordecai had enough faith to say god has called you at this moment at this time for such a time as this look at our world look at your community look at your family hallelujah for such a time as this.
He said, maybe it's you. You are the one that goes before us. Can I tell you an account, and I'm getting out of here, an account by the uh, account in scripture that is talked about by, uh, his name is called Joseph. And in God's divine providence, God through all my God, all the hell that Joseph went through. Hallelujah. He had a dream that God gave him. It wasn't Joseph's dream. It was God's dream that he put in Joseph. Let's get that complete, right? Let's get that correct one second. Because Joseph didn't dream this dream on his own intuition. It is a prophetic thing that God placed in his spirit. And when God placed it in his spirit, hallelujah, he shared that dream. And then because his brothers already did not like him, because of the, oh my God, he was a favorite of his oh my god a favorite of Isaac I mean yeah favorite of uh Jacob, I'm sorry, Pharaoh of Jacob, ladies and gentlemen, they set up a plan to want to ensnare and trap him and want to take Joseph's life. And so one of the brothers said, listen, we don't need to kill him. Let's just sell him off. And so he was sold. He was sold. He went to Potiphar's home and Potiphar's wife set him up from Potiphar's, oh my God, from Potiphar's home. He then goes into a jail where there's a, the butler and the baker had a dream and then Joseph was there to interpret that. Why? Because in God's divine providence God was orchestrating things and even Joseph oh my god in Joseph's despair God was still orchestrating things on behalf of Joseph because what God was doing was putting him at the right position and at the right spot to begin to save a people Joseph gets there gives the dream the butler and the bigger he tells him, one of them say, you're going to die. The other one, he's going to let you in. I'm paraphrasing it Brandon style. He's going, you're going to die. The other one, he'll let you back in. Joseph said, hey, remember me. Pharaoh had a dream. Pharaoh couldn't get none of his unrighteous spiritualists to interpret that dream for him. He said, if I don't find nobody telling me to drink, somebody's going to die. The servant that Joseph prophesied and told him that interpreted, excuse me, his dream. said, I know a man in jail. He interprets dreams. First of all, you got to be sharpening your gift while you're waiting. Hallelujah. Because you don't understand there's somebody who has your name on their mind and say I know somebody hallelujah and I'm gonna bring them in there uh, you don't understand God is trying to God has put you on some people's minds right now but he oh my God he hasn't really nudged them why because you ain't been taking your dream seriously you have not been taking what God has given you seriously You've played around with it. You procrastinated. You've allowed time to get you by. And I decree and declare, may God hunt you and convict your spirit until you come into order. Yeah, yeah. And so he gets there. And the ladies and gentlemen, he tells them exactly what the dream is. He said, for seven years, you'll have prosperity. For another seven, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have famine. He says, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, he says this. He says, but listen, don't you, don't, don't for those seven years be so glorious in your prosperity. You better save in that seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in the next, because this famine that's coming is going to be severe. And if I fast forward the story a little bit. When he fast forwarded, the, the, the Pharaoh made him the governor.
governor over Egypt and begin to handle all the grain and the wheat in the land. And so his brothers, matter of fact, I, oh my God, help me. And Jacob, Jacob tells his sons, they say, go down there, go to Egypt and get some food because if we don't get it, we're going to die here. And Joseph realizes, ladies and gentlemen, that his brothers are there, but they couldn't tell who Joseph was. Oh my God. But Joseph knew who they were. But through a process, ladies and gentlemen, of forgiveness and God dealing with Joseph, can I walk the story now? The reality is that with God dealing with him, he tells them at a moment they reconcile at their at, at Joseph's house. And then later on, he tells them, he listen, he said, listen, I understand. Hey, don't be all mad because I understand God. You meant it for my evil, but God meant it for my good. Because the reality is when you grow up in God, you understand that God only used them as oh my God, pawns in a bigger scheme. Your haters ain't nothing more than pawns who God is using to put you in the place where you need to be if you believe it hallelujah he said listen it wasn't about you god used you god used your whole thing because it is divine providence he knew your evil he knew your hatred would benefit his plan it is not that god it's not that god tempts or likes sin he hates it, he disdains it. But what God does is uses all of the good and ugly through the natural order in which he put on the earth to use it for his good. That then benefits you. Because Joseph was called for a time as that. Ladies and gentlemen, TCF over four years ago, there God laid it on my heart in the bedroom of my parents' house. After we would been a Bible study for about two, three years, he said, now is the time. Hallelujah. I want you to call them Transformation Christian Fellowship. And you're going to connect lives to the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ for such a time as this, ladies and gentlemen. And in God's providence, he has set us up while many other people out in the world has asked me, how in the world did you get in a building like this? God's hand in favor put me here. God's hand in favor put us in this position. How did God sustain you? through the four years well God's hand in favor because when God has called you for such a time as this the reality is if it's God's will it's gotta be his bill and he gotta protect you he gotta sustain you he gotta preserve you he gotta watch over you until it comes to pass Sandy feet Send your feet. He said he got to bring it to time. You have been called for such a time as this. Come on, encourage somebody in the Lord. I said encourage them, church, and say you've been called for such a time as this. Fear not. Fear not. God's hand is with you tonight. You've been called in this generation. And this generation, at this given time, your moment is now. The opportunity is now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we decree and declare, and we speak right now, and we decree and declare right now, for such a time as this, you've been called into the kingdom of God, you've been called to put a beating on the kingdom of darkness, you've been called, you've been chosen, you have been appointed, but for 
I want you in this moment, pray for the person that's next to you. You don't gotta walk, you don't gotta hold their hand or nothing like that. But come on, extend your hand to the person that you're near. Extend your hand, social distancing, and pray for them right now. I said, pray that the God of our God would strengthen them for the time that God has had them in. You are living at this moment, in this generation now. God is calling you to run. God is calling you to move. God is calling you to operate in the things that he's called you to do. I stand tonight to say that God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you a power of love and sound mind. I decree and declare right now that God is bringing the limitations off of your mind and heart. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that whatever is holding you up, whatever is holding you up right now, whatever you can't get over in that mental hurdle of yours, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare, let it break tonight. I said break the yoke, break the yoke of what you think of people think of you. Break the yoke of big man's opinion. Break the yoke of man's approval. I can't believe it's a fire. the get transformed podcast we hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast for more information on transformation christian fellowship visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the app store or google play store if you would like to support this ministry simply text tcf1 to 77977 we thank you for your generosity and for listening to the get transformed podcast And remember, transformation starts here.